My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. After yet another week of conflict in Ukraine, today on Irishman in America, I ask our friend and legend Marion McKeown about Russia's false accusation that Ukraine has biological and chemical weapons. Biden says this is a clear sign that Vladimir Putin is considering using them himself. Of course, President Biden travelled to Brussels on Wednesday, a trip aimed at presenting this united front against Russia as its brutal war continues. He announced that his allies and European partners have a whole new raft of sanctions for Russia and new humanitarian aid for Ukraine and the millions of refugees fleeing the fighting. But what happens when you've run out of sanctions? Where do the sanctions end if the war just keeps going? Well, we've an awful lot more to talk about besides that, including confirmation hearings for Catania Brown-Jackson, the federal judge President Biden nominated to fill the seat of retiring Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer. Those have concluded this week. And Marion, you must you must be square-eyed from watching so much of this. How many hours? First of all, let me ask, how many hours does the thing run for before I ask, what's the point? You know... And and the the second part of your question, I think, is is really infinitely more important even than the first. Um, these they're like a marathon to me. They're like an endurance test. They're like saying, okay, let's see how far we can get this woman to go. So they run for they've been running for about ten hours each day, and it's not just the length of time; it's a waste of time that mm. is, within them the repetition, the nonsense, the pointless point scoring. Uh, you know, this is all. This is none of this is about Katani Brown-Jackson. This is all about the midterms and about 2024 and about Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and Tom Cotton appealing to their fringe constituents, to the QAnon people, to the MAGA bros, etc, etc. None of this has anything to do with her suitability to be on the court. She's beyond qualified. But Ted, but Ted Cruz promised us it wouldn't turn into a circus. He, he promised us before uh, heading down the road to the circus and donning his uh, technicoloured wig and red nose. I mean, I really thought I was watching a piece of Chris Morris satire when uh, he started into this. There had to be times where you were just rubbing your eyes and going, is this really happening? Well, you know, if it were anybody but Ted Cruz, I would think exactly. Am I imagining this? Because it's so farcical and it's so ridiculous. But being that it's Ted Cruz and, you know, he started because to me... the Republicans who can hold a grudge, by God, if it were an Olympic sport, <laughs> they take gold every time. So they're still peeved about 
Brett Kavanaugh, but they're trying to make the the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearings and Kitani Brown-Jackson that there's some kind of equivalence in this and that, you know, where the Democrats were found so wanting and so awful to poor little Brett that they are going to, you know, show how, what real courtesy look like, looks like. Well, if this is what courtesy and restraint looks like, I'm sorry. And of course, the big difference that they're ignoring is that Brett Kavanaugh was credibly accused of sexual assault. He, it was a credible accusation. And I think that anybody who heard Christine Blasey Ford's testimony would have been left in no doubt about the credibility of her allegations. And it wasn't, that was only one part for the second part. It, these hearings are meant to determine if you're fit for the Supreme Court, if you have the temperament and the integrity, as well as the intellectual chops. Now, anybody who saw Brett Kavanaugh's response, that should have been the disqualifying factor because, you know, that spittle-flecked, mm. temple-throbbing, red-faced rage when he roared at people and said, this is all a Clinton conspiracy, when he showed his partisan colours. He didn't just show them, he nailed them to to the ceiling of the Senate hearing room. And, and that should have been absolutely what disqualified him, along with, I believe, th th those um, allegations of assault, which I found entirely credible. Um, and I think that had there been a proper investigation by the FBI, that they would have found them credible as well. But but of course, this is this was Brett Kavanaugh. Hmm. And we're now at Kajani Brown-Jackson. And Ted Cruz, the first thing he said that I found so revolting and so creepy was when he started, he said to Jackson, nobody's going to inquire into your teenage dating habits as though, you know, sexually assaulting women or being accused of sexual assault is a teenage dating habit. You know, I mean, and like, as I say, that the false moral equivalency. And then, of course, they trash it. And then, you know, Cruz, look, let's let's call a spade a spade. He is an obnoxious human being. He really is on every level. You know, the, the, you, you really do have to be objective as a journalist. And I have tried and tried to find merit in Ted Cruz's political career, in his role as senator. And there is literally nothing but self-serving, you know, sort of absolute lack of integrity and credibility. And, you know, every time I, I, I have heard or spoken to Ted Cruz, he uses everything as a plug for his podcast now. He, the guy's yes, entirely self I saw the I'm podcast surprised. plug. I was like, whoa, <laughs> like the yeah, most obscene yeah. podcast plug in the history of podcast yeah. plugging. Yeah. This has come from somebody who plugs <laughs> his podcast at every opportunity. But at every it was terrible. Uh, so that, that's, that's his that's his M.O. Oh, he 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 really is, um, and and you know it's funny. There's Craig Mason, who of course made the do the documentary series Chernobyl, that fantastic series, and he also was involved in the Hangover. Like he's got an enormous range of talent and in in the topics as a filmmaker and and a writer that he tackles. Now, one of Craig Mason's favorite topics. I met him here several years ago in LA. Uh, he was Ted Cruz's roommate in Yale. Oh wow! And he. Absolutely. OK, you know what? It could be two guys who just were never going to get on like oil and water. But he has made it his mission to troll Ted Cruz for the past 20 years because he said he was the most obnoxious, vile 
person he had ever met in his life. And his thing is, he hasn't changed. He was like this when he was 20. He's like this when he's in his late 50s. The guy the guy is just, you know, this is who he is. And, you know, it, it's it's hard to argue with, with because, as I say, everything Ted Cruz does from Cancun Ted when he when he took a hike off to, to um, Cancun when Texas was in its biggest freeze and hundreds of people were dying. And, you know, as their senator, you'd expect him to stay around. Instead, he hopped on a jet um, to get away, to get to the sun with his family. You know, from that to just last week, the police were called in Bozeman Airport because Cancun Ted missed his Bozeman flight. And then he had a fit with the airline the, the, the staff, the, just the people on the ground who check you in the desk. And it was all along the lines of, do you know wh- who I am? In the meanwhile, he's wearing a face mask with this with the NRA gun logo, come and take it written across his mouth. Like you can't, the guy, the police were called anyway, in the end to defuse the situation. And like to have a senator, you know, the airline staff for the last two and a half years have been put through absolute hell with the COVID stresses, with abusive passengers, with people refusing to wear masks, with people physically attacking them. And, you know, and then you've got the Ted Cruz, as I say, strutting up, having missed the flight through his own fault, missed, missed the check in, who then does this like hissy fit. And do you know who I am? And tantrum throwing to the point where the police have to be called. There is, as far as I can see, objectively, there is nothing redeeming about this individual. And yet he still believes he's going to be president of the United States. And yet everything he does is geared towards him winning the Republican nomination um, for for the presidency. If not in 2024, then he believes in 2028. Uh, Only Ted, I think, believes this. (laughs) I doubt even his wife believes it. It does seem like he has it in his head that this is what people want. Sensational, outrageous. Nobody's going to tell me what I can and cannot say at one of these confirmation hearings. Yeah, because the behavior is outlandish. It's like it's like he's in a tailspin in an attempt to get people to look at him. Talk to us a little bit about this theatrical turn that he made when he pulls out this children's book, The Anti-Racist Baby. And Um, I mean, this was one of the most pressing moments of the hearings, surely, when he asks Jackson, do you agree with this book that babies are racist? You know, I think depressing. And yet, I'm sorry, Charlotte, but I'm sort of laughing here because on on the upside, okay, on the upside, sales of that book in the last week have gone through the roof. Good. (laughs) So on the upside, everybody now knows about this book. But as the picture was behind him of this big, white, fat baby with black hair pushing some kind of a stroller or something I kept thinking all I could think of was the pictures of Ted Cruz pushing his his little wheelie through Cancun airport (laughs) as he had to come back in disgrace and to me that baby that large unattractive overweight baby was like a caricature of Ted Cruz so he has this baby behind him who looks to my mind just like him it's like a, a cartoon of him and you know the juxtaposition obviously unwitting from his from his um perspective I thought was entirely unescapable and it just made him look like the idiot that he is so he has this picture up on you know blown up to what four by three foot um poster and as I say it's it's of a it's a, a, a 
a double page photocopy from the children's book and it's it says basically whatever it's the, the child pushing along uh, building blocks that say race race you know and so he's showing this as a display now what has this got to do with katani jackson you might ask well the answer is nothing at all she is on the board of a school in washington a very progressive school that teaches children ab- about race and why not, you might ask? Why not? Or it, it has a, sort of anti-racist policies. What is wrong with that? But this is where, so Ted Cruz gets this book, which apparently is used at this school. Kitani Jackson didn't authorise the book. She didn't approve the book. She certainly didn't write the book. I'm willing to bet she knew nothing about this book. She's an extraordinarily busy woman. She's on a lot of boards. I don't think she's getting into the granular issues of every book that every child in every school of and university uh, reads in America. And so this was pure showboating. And the funny thing about Ted Cruz, which is actually not funny at all, you might be able to give him some lessons, is he thinks he's very funny. Mm. I saw him at CPAC a couple of weeks ago and he was doing this sort of cringe-inducing, all he was short of was the mother-in-law jokes, and um, you know, Dickie sort Bell. of right-wing comedy shtick. And you just, but I will tell you something scary. And I witnessed this. Ted Cruz was walking down the corridor afterwards in Florida. He was mobbed. He was mobbed by women, women of a certain age, I would say between 35 and 70, who were chasing him down the corridor, who were trying to kiss him, who were trying to have their pictures taken with him, who think that he is the hottest thing since George Clooney. Now, okay, everybody tastes beauties in the eye of the beholder. I'll grant you that. But he has for right wing conservative matrons, he is almost a pinup. Wow. And, and, you know, again, this is a little eye into a little glimpse into America that until I saw it and if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. So when Ted Cruz was telling people that every time he gets on a plane, people want to hug him and embrace him and the pilots and the air staff, there probably are some people who do feel like that about Ted Cruz. You know, as as our grandmothers used to say, there's a lid for every pot. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's what I thought. And that's why I wanted to ask that question is that this uh, playing to the gallery, who's in the gallery? What gallery is he playing to that I I don't know about? Clearly, there are people who will be going good old Ted Cruz. He he put her to the pin of her collar. But so many of the Republicans went for this uh, line of questioning that she was not tough enough on child pornography and paedophilia. Am I wrong on that? Can you like you've watched? No, you're of it you're absolutely know. right on that. And and I think it's it's so worthwhile talking about this because let's talk about the gallery. Ted Cruz was playing, albeit in a more ridiculous even fashion, to the same gallery that Lindsey Graham and as I say, Tom Cotton and Josh Hawley, all Republican senators on the Judiciary Committee, all with eyes on 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 their own political survival and their own political careers. That gallery is stacked with QAnon subscribers. That gallery is stacked with Trump supporters. And that gallery is stacked with cultural evangelicals and your good old fashioned racists. OK, mm-hmm. so that's the, that that is the makeup of that gallery. Now, the Republican Party, in case nobody has noticed, and I think everybody has, has no 
agenda at the moment. It has no economic agenda. It has no ideas. Its entire agenda for 2022 and it looks like 2024 is based on cultural wars. So in the absence of any decent economic ideas, any new ideas, it is going for ethno-nationalism, which means that they don't want crudely put black judges, especially black female judges on the Supreme Court. And it's going for the sort of cultural wars, the abortion wars, the gay, you know, transgender gender, all of this, all of these things that they don't want in their communities. They don't want gays. They don't want black women in positions of power. They don't want transgenders and they don't want abortion and they don't want education that teaches about American history in a fair and objective way. So and then, of course, you've got the conspiracy theorists because all this stuff about paedophiles, this is all directly aimed at the QAnons. And you may remember a couple of years back, the Pizzagate scandal mm-hmm. and, and, and the awful tragedy. And when I say scandal, I mean inverted commas. It was absolute nonsense. But it led to a really tragic uh, event where a gunman um, uh, who believed these attacked a, a, a pizza parlor in Washington, D.C. You know, so it's it. these things have real consequences. So as I say, this... this um, piece that Jeff Hawley carved out for himself um, about her her going soft on on porn offenders and paedophiles uh, was then hopped on by Cruz and by Graham and, 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 you know, because they know that this is, there's some weird fever dream amongst the QAnons, which has really fueled them. And and the the basis of their, their whole thing is they believe that Donald Trump was sent as the sort of Michael the Archangel, the avenging person to defeat the Democrats who they believe are just a cabal of Satan-worshipping child paedophiles. Mm. That, that they, they really, and and they there was a, a story put out that Hillary Clinton was in the middle of this in 2016, that this was, and if she was elected, that basically Washington, all of the paedophiles, all the Satan-worshippers would be in the White House. And, and this was, um, there was no basis for this. I mean, it goes without saying, but this was what, and what a, sig- a significant portion of America continues to believe in some form that if you don't want paedophiles, don't vote Democrat. And it's, you know, that that's basically where, where they're at on that one. And this was a continuum of that whole thing. It was, I'm not even going to say a dog whistle because they had a bullhorn in there about this. And it, it was basically saying Democrat, liberal Democrat equals paedophile. And that's what they were trying to say about, about Katani Brown-Jackson, not just about her her judgments, which if you look at them and analyse them, were entirely reasonable. And, you know, just on that, I should say that she has delivered and written 600 um, judicial decisions. Uh, and of that 600, I think 11 have been either vacated or reversed. Now, that is a record that is A++++. There are very few judges who have been reversed or vacated. Uh, that's such a small fraction of their cases that has happened. She is an undeniably brilliant jurist and they have nothing on her. So they choose these pathetic in my view, but but damaging, potentially damaging smears because it's hard to get out from under this. And, the, you know, as I say, the hypocrisy of the Republicans having said, oh, we're not going to treat you the way those awful Democrats treated Brett Kavanaugh, have gone on to treat her infinitely worse. And with the level of disrespect, like demanding 
to know things about her religion. Lindsey Graham asking her, what what religion are you, which is, is even grammatically screwed, and then saying, rank how religious you are on a level of one to ten. I mean, you know, I actually blame to a degree Dick Durbin, who is the Democratic senator of the Judiciary Committee. He should have been much firmer, in my view, and slapped all of that down. Um, and, 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 you know, the Constitution says that your religion will not be taken into account in appointments. Uh, and, and, you know, they had no right to pursue this line of questioning. And I think that Dick Durbin may have made a decision, which I suspect he was right, like you give these nutcases enough rope and they'll hang themselves. Yeah, and perhaps yeah. that's why he, he chose not to intervene. But he did her a disservice, I think, because she has now been smeared. Yeah, but I've always believed that that's the other side of the uh, blade that is freedom of speech, that sometimes we let people speak because it reveals them as gobshites if we allow them <laughs> to enjoy yeah. the exercise of that right. <laughs> but Marion, it really made me sad at times watching this because he was driving a wedge where a wedge already exists and it was missing a moment. The first yeah. black woman to be nominated to the US Supreme Court it's just descended yeah. into this childish political theatre and it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing yeah. and mortifying. And then, of yeah. course, there's there's moments in there, of course, where where some people did try to put it in context. I think Brian might drop in a little clip here. I'm telling you right now, I'm not letting anybody in the Senate steal my joy <laughs> because I know you and I we appreciate something that we get that a lot of my colleagues don't. And I want to tell you when I look at you, this is why I get emotional. It's hard for me not to look at you and not see my mom, not to see my, my cousins. I see my ancestors and yours. You have earned this spot. You are worthy. You are a great American. There is a love in this country that is extraordinary. You admitted it about your parents. They loved this nation, even though this country didn't love them back. But you are here because of that kind of love. And nobody's taken this away from me. Coming out of that, it's hard not to be moved by it. Yeah. Is there, like, what was the reaction after all of this? Uh, or did America even pay attention? Is this just another one of these kind of pie-throwing contests that people are just bored by? I think you may have nailed it to a degree um, with, with, with that. that the, unfortunately, I think the wrong people are paying attention. And I think this is why you had Cruz and Hawley and Graham playing to the gallery in the shameless way that they did, that there is a contingent of America who may be paying attention, who are frankly appalled at the idea of a black woman on the Supreme Court. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and there there is that contingent and who wanted to see her belittled, who wanted to see her humiliated. And, you know, the basic lack of respect that she was afforded to me was one of the most depressing aspects about this. Now, Amy Coney Barrett, um, and, and the, it, it was not her fault in the way that she was disgracefully muscled in in, in the final days of the Trump um, presidency. But she was there were legitimate questions about 
whether or not she is on the record as an avowed um, anti-abortion person, as an avowed person who wants to see no abortion anywhere in the United States. That is a legitimate area of questioning. What will she do on the Supreme Court? Would she overturn Roe v. Wade? You know, that, but she was questioned respectfully about that. There was no disrespect in the fact that she belonged, which which was not even referenced or referenced in the most fleeting way. She belongs to a very small religious Christian subgroup that is very extreme. She's a member of that group. Her whole family is a member of that group. And would her views as a member of that group influence her her judgments. And I think given her record, if these were absolutely legitimate questions to ask a Supreme Court justice. But the questions and are they weren't even questions, the insults that were lobbed at Katani Brown Jackson for 30 odd hours to me were were just so appalling. And as you say, it completely distracted from the historic moment that this is not just a brilliant woman who absolutely deserves this, who from the time she was a tiny child showed such exceptionalism, you know, I mean, like the whole way through school, through college, through everything she's done, who also worked as a public defender. It's it's a staggering um, indictment of the Supreme Court that not only thus far are, I think, about 110 of its 117 total members white males. Uh, and, and Ted Cruz is talking about how this isn't fair to white people, uh, you know, um, but but that they've never had a public defender. They've never had somebody who's worked on the other side, on the, on the defence side, on defending poor people who cannot afford counsel on the Supreme Court. They've never even had a nominee. And, you know, so to finally have somebody who's been on that side of the aisle, who knows what it's like for the, the tens of millions of Americans who cannot afford legal representation, who end up, you know, having to roll the dice with whatever first year or second year or just out of law school person they can get to handle their case. Like, so to have that recognition on the Supreme Court to me is invaluable, as well as the experience she brings as a mother who's had to juggle, as a black woman who's who's had to face down so much prejudice, so much, you know, because it really is true in America to succeed as a black person, you have to be so much better than any white person in your field. You can't just be as good. Mm. You know, and and I, I think that, you know, there were there's all of this and, and that makes her achievement all the greater. And also, I think the service Joe Biden did when he said that he, he would pick a black woman was he exposed through all the other candidates who were up for consideration the formidable depth of that bench, of the number of brilliant black women who could and should have been on the Supreme Court, but for systemic racism. And and that's the only thing you can put it down to. And I think that just even showing America how many brilliant black women jurists there are in America that they didn't even know about, I think did did black women a huge service in America and, and, and you know, really let people know. So people can't say now, well, there aren't any. They know there are. Now the question is, why aren't they being represented? Well, Marion, we've we've an awful lot to get to uh, to hear our full episode every single week with Marion. There is only one place to go. It's patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad. In return for your support, you get Excel versions of these conversations with Marion, with Sonia O'Sullivan on the Tuesday with the running podcast, including episode notes. And of course, our extra large big interview on the Sunday, this Sunday with uh, 
the happy pair boys. They are on talking about the empire that ah. they've built and getting people to eat healthy <laughs> Love to that. be happy. Love the happy pair boys. <laughs> Ex- extraordinary story behind the story. Uh, everybody kind of yeah. knows the, the shtick that they tell when they go and mm-hmm. do their you know, the Ryan Tuberty interviews. But we go a little bit deeper on Sunday and surprisingly how one of them nearly wound up being a professional golfer, which I didn't see uh, in there. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. Uh, so in the <laughs> second half of my conversation with Marion, we are, of course, going to talk about Ukraine and exactly how many Russian troops have been killed. Uh, at one stage, a report was 498 then that was 9,861. That was then claimed that that website had been hacked and that that wasn't the case. There is mass confusion over what exactly is happening on the ground there. And we also want to talk uh, about something that Sonia wrote her piece in The Times about this week. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantos has issued a proclamation that a resident of his state is the rightful holder of the NCAA 500 metre freestyle title won by trans swimmer Leah Thompson last week. I'll get Marion's opinion on what is going on there and what is the end game for this uh, anti-LGBTQ legislation that DeSantos has a long history with. That's all over on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad for the price of a pint you're in. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy. 